Hello and welcome. You are listening to Coming Out and Beyond LGBTQIA Plus Stories. So excited to start our fourth season. This is Anne-Marie Zanzel, your host, and I am so excited to share some changes to our podcasts that are really great, and I think you'll be as excited as I am about it. First of all, we will be dropping a new podcast every other Friday. This is at the request of our listeners who wanted to hear more. Secondly, my producer, Barb Rowlandson, will be joining me as a conversation partner as we discuss things coming out. Barb is a fellow late in lifer and also the mom of a queer kid. And so she has a lot of insight and experience to share with us. And thirdly, we're going to be focusing on the beyond. Love to hear your coming out stories, but I want to hear the beyond because sometimes magical things happen when we come out and we have a life that we could have never imagined. Many of us say this is the best thing that we've ever done. Let's get started. Welcome to the show. Tell me your story. Today, we're going to talk about joy. All right. Joy. Hello. Uh, So there is, when I send that in my emails, below my signature line, I have written, it's a a, a line from Mary Oliver's poem, Summer Day, or Wild Beast. Oh, can't remember which. Um, And I love Mary Oliver. Mary Oliver was a lesbian poet that lived in Provincetown, Massachusetts. You've never read her stuff. Her stuff is amazing. Mm -hmm. And the the line underneath says, what will you do with your one wild and precious life? And you have one wild and precious life that we know of. We may have more than that if you believe in reincarnation. But let's assume we just have one and wild and precious life. When I was married to my ex-husband, I had a really good life. I had, you know, four kids. I had everything you're supposed to have to make yourself happy. Yep. I think you did too. You know, everything you're supposed to make yourself happy. The problem isn't, the problem was, is that I really struggled with feeling unhappy a lot of the times. Yeah. And I felt like something was missing and I just couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't like, I, there's something missing. I don't know what it is. And I couldn't put my finger on it. And lo and behold, this was actually something that I was always dimly aware of. Um, and it was my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And once I started to embrace my sexuality in a very long process, yep. I was be able to find joy. <laughs> <laughs> and that joy is infectious into other parts of your life, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and I just want to be clear. It's not that I never felt joy before. I mean, I did. I mean, I'm the I have four kids every day. They're born. It's like seared in my memory. You know, all mm-hmm. the things that I did as a mom are seared in my memory with a lot of my kids. You know, you know, I've got four, so a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. Um, my ex-husband and I had some good times together and fun together. So yeah. I have had, you know, a lot of joy in my life, but. This is different. So what are you thinking, Barb, right now? I'm thinking that, you know, even depressed people laugh 
Right. You know, <laughs> so you can have had all of those things that you're supposed to have. And maybe there were moments of joy. But if you were like Anne-Marie or if you're like myself and you have found yourself just not like I was always searching. I was also, I wasn't sure why I was unhappy. I couldn't put my finger on it. And I was also always searching for the next thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that it took the form of projects. Like I became a, oh boy, did I ever spend money on fabric and wool? Like every kind of craft thing. I swear, Michael's and uh, craft shops like them are probably full of women who are searching for the things that we. But not Hobby Lobby. No, Hobby. no. Don't shop at Hobby Lobby. We don't have that in Canada. We don't have that. You're lucky. We're very anti-LGBTQ. Do not buy your craft supplies for them. I guess my point was, is that I searched long and hard mm-hmm. for something to make me happy. And that search was really came to a head when I met my catalyst. Mm-hmm. And it becomes it suddenly became very very apparent that this is what was wrong mm-hmm. that i was in the wrong kind of relationship mm-hmm. and you know we've talked a lot about a, a lot about her things all week long but mm-hmm. once i started to accept that i wasn't quite as straight as i thought i was <laughs> and started to explore once i left my marriage and i started to assert my independence and come into my own as my own person. Because remember, I was, you were married for how long? 30 years? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I, I was married for 21. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a very different person from who you were when you took those wedding vows. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, it's almost like a second adolescence, I think, when, right. <laughs> when you come well, We talk about that a lot in our community. And I always argue it's not really a second adolescence, it's a first. Because a lot of times we mm-hmm. never really had a first adolescence. Um, a lot of t- I remember, like when I was young, like looking at my uh, friends, and they had all these pictures of you know the latest teen heartthrob on their wall, and mm-hmm. I'm like, God, what's the point? They're never going to meet them. Like, why would they have those up there? And it's funny because now. I realize that's really, really normal for, for, for heterosexual girls. It's a part of like fantasizing and all that stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, honestly, I thought I was just super practical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny. I thought I was practical, but really it was just that I was like, I didn't have like, I didn't have an adolescence the way my other friends did. Yes, mm-hmm. I kissed boys. Yes, I fooled around with boys. I I did all that stuff. Sure. And, but I remember the first time I had sex, it was just really, really okay. And, yeah. and, and it really was like, I, it was like, I was almost 20 years old. I was like, okay, time to get this over with. I'm like going to do this. And mm-hmm. I just did it. But some, uh, you know, it's always easy to have sex when you're a woman with men, if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it, I did. And it was like, this isn't very good, mm-hmm. but it didn't, and it did not fit the hype of what my friends had experienced. Right. So I was like, okay, this isn't very good, but it never really occurred to me. Mm-hmm. No, like it just didn't like jive. Even though I knew yeah. attract, I knew I had experience for attraction to women. It just none of the pieces. In other so words, then you know, 
coming coming back to was second adolescence or first right. adolescence, mm-hmm. and without you know getting into dirty details or anything, but when you know that is one of the joys I think for me it was anyway is oh to, my God, to yes. come out and when finally have sex with a woman and go wait a second <laughs> wait a minute was <laughs> good no wait a minute we've got it so because I know that sometimes people have their first experiences aren't that great um mm-hmm. you and I were very blessed to have really amazing first experiences yes uh sometimes people don't have a great first experience but their second mm-hmm. or third is so we want to be really really clear about that because I don't want people to go oh my god I'm not normal because right. <laughs> because that I didn't you know when I I totally agree like the first time I was with somebody it was like I, I couldn't even put it into words and I literally remember being like the very first time I was with someone was being like I'm never going to be with a man again it was so, like that's when it became unbelievably clear yeah about, clear. Yeah, yeah about what what was the right fit for me in my sexual orientation so I knew at that point that I was never going to be with a cis man yet. Just knew it. Never, 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 never. Tolerable <laughs> before, what what was just okay before, suddenly transformed, at least for you and for me, into something that was like, this is this is what the hype is about. This is oh no, it turned into joy. It was joyous and it was fun yes. and it was like like I was always such a cynical cynic about like passion and, and love mm-hmm. I, you know and then all of a sudden as oh now I I understand passion and mm-hmm. I want to be you know I have now been with my wife six years and we still have that which mm-hmm. amazes me to this day not as frequently because you know we've been together for a while but we still have that when we are together. And that blows my mind because that wasn't like how it was with my ex-husband. It just wasn't that way. It was more of like a duty and an obligation. Mm-hmm. It was, and he, I was very blessed because he was not one of those guys that ever pressured me. Mm-hmm. It was more like non-existent. And yeah. so, you know, it was, it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like this, like this part of, it's just a small part and I don't want to reduce our queer relationships to just sex, but that experience brought me incredible joy. You know, extending that beyond that, I mean, intimacy looks like is a lot of different things. It's a, it's a bouquet of different things. Sexual intimacy is just one stem. In Very small way. part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And there, you know, when we talk about intimacy and intimacy in relationships with two women, and I, again, like, I don't want to make sweeping generalizations because there's all kinds of lesbians out there with yeah. different capabilities to connect with people. In my experience, and maybe you've experienced this too, but the dynamic of the relationships is different. And I think that comes from having two women together, two women who have uh are are more fluent in talking about things like thoughts and feelings who two women who you know women tend to express affection in a different way Mm -hmm. uh lots of touch lots of eye contact lots of bonding things that that we go through so that's 
that to me, I, and I dated quite a bit after my marriage. So it, it wasn't always the same, but some, there were some similar things where the bonding in the relationship always seemed so much, so much different than mm-hmm. it is with a man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Is that? I would say that yes. And I, and then, you know, I was so interested when you were talking about that because I was thinking about how I felt seen, you know, yes. very first time I felt seen as a woman and I wrote a really good piece. I, I always, I love this piece that I wrote a couple of years ago. So I was 52 when I was come out, when I came out, I was fading in the world of heteronormativity. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they, any of us, any woman over 50 knows what it's like to be invisible and heteronormative world. And and it was really interesting to me because when I came out and when I, I this is when I, I had met my wife by that point and I met my wife, it was like, she saw me. And, yes. and all of a sudden I write like that I came alive again in full technicolor. Mm-hmm. She didn't only see me. Other women in the lesbian community saw me. Mm-hmm. And Although I was older, I was not dismissed. And I find that in straight communities, that can happen sometimes for women over a certain age. Mm-hmm. Now, again, Barb and I really want to stress that not everybody's like that. <laughs> you may meet a woman that is not able to do any of these things. Sure. But, but the thing is, is that when I went into the queer community, I was seen again, which was amazing. Yes. And I was appreciated even with all my lines and wrinkles and I'm, and it, and it's so funny. I want to tell you all that I'm at the heaviest I've ever been in my life, but I also feel more loved than I ever have in my life. So weight has absolutely nothing to do with it. I love how our community is like that. There is so much space within the queer community to accept different people, different ages, different genders. Different body types. Different body types. Everyone welcome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of those things is the first time that I ever was within a queer community, an exclusively queer community, like the queer bar. The sense of belonging I had was the most joyous experience that I ever had. I mean, my wife and I, we were into Provincetown in the beginning of our relationship. We would go to the tea dances and we would have a blast. And I've always been a dancer. I've always loved to dance. But doing those things brought such joy to me. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it was like being with your people. Like if you've gone to you've gone to some sort of meetup, if you've gone and volunteered for a, a queer organization, being with your people brings you un- incredible joy. It it most certainly does. It it's wonderful to be in that psychologically safe space where you can move your body and raise your voice in joy uh, without feeling like you're being scrutinized. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Emery, you know what? I think that change can be a really good thing, don't you? I do, Barb, and I'm really excited when change can bring about a lot of good things for a lot of good people. Mm -hmm. So we are changing our Lotus Group coaching program a bit. Oh, awesome. Okay, so what's going on? 
Well, it's going to take on a bit of a different format after February 28th or beginning March 1st. It will have the same features as before, the groups, meditation, a whole course on a classroom platform, and a very active and friendly Facebook group. That's awesome. So what made you change it? Why? What's going on? Why did you want to change it? Well, the reason why I want to change it is we are transforming the Lotus Group coaching program so that we may reach more people in our queer community. So basically, I had to free up a little of my time. Oh, well, that's okay. That's good. Yeah, because change is good. Absolutely. So we wanted to give everybody a warning because a lot of times people think about joining Lotus Group Coaching for a very long time before they do. But we want to let you know that for the month of February, you are still going to get all, everything in the old uh, Lotus Group Coaching Program, which depending on what time frame you sign up for, you will still get three or six individual coaching sessions with me if you sign up now. If you are interested, if you're curious, I really encourage you to book a free discovery call and you can find that link in the notes of the show. Okay, so a discovery call is for the people who don't know. What a discovery is call is a half hour call that is totally free to you. You get to meet me, talk about what's going on in your life, but most importantly, you get to share your story with somebody who understands. And you know what, Barb? What's up? I'll let you into a little secret. Okay. Um, I have been told by so many people that they're talking about maybe not being straight. I was the first person they've ever told. Wow. I know. It's really, it's really like such an honor for me. Totally. So if you want a safe, secure place to talk with somebody who understands, who will guard your confidentiality like a walled kingdom mm -hmm. book a discovery call today that's awesome and the sign up date for getting those three or six coaching individual coaching sessions with you the deadline for that is Mark february 28th february 28th. <laughs> okay good to know change is good change is good so you know another thing that brought me joy was that my ex and i had this narrative of that I wasn't very good with money. Right. <laughs> and it actually ended up keeping me in my marriage for a long time because I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to support myself. Well, guess what? <laughs> I am very capable of myself. Yep. And it has given me a sense of freedom and a sense of, of being able to do whatever I want. Mm. Um, when I want, I mean, I do have a wife, so we do have to discuss things now. <laughs> but I, I mean, but it's that like being like realizing that I'm an entrepreneur, you know, after 50 and creating my own company after 50 and doing it and doing it successfully, like, I never would have done that if I stayed married. I remember being so restless. There was a hospice chaplain. I was so restless at the end of that, being like, mm -hmm. I feel so small here. I've yeah. got to, I feel small. Yeah. And then when I came out, this was an unintended consequence. I never, you know, ever thought about this. I thought I was going to complete, you know, keep working in that field. Mm -hmm. um, but I realized that um, I'm really capable of things that I never thought I was capable of. Oh, for sure. 
You know, I had a friend while I was still married, my ex-husband, who very early on in our friendship, she said, it's like you're keeping your light under a bushel. Mm. And I didn't quite understand what she meant at that time. But when I came out, I realized that this was my opportunity and my time to shine. Mm. And, you know, when we are brave in one area of our life, Mm -hmm. it transfers into other areas of your life. So, you know, you were brave enough to come out and to pursue your authentic sexuality and doing something big and scary gave you courage and confidence to be able to do something like go and start your own business Mm -hmm. and look how good you are at that. Ah. My version of that was, um, I didn't learn to drive until I was Mm -hmm. 46 years old. Mm -hmm. I came out at 45. Mm-hmm. So my entire marriage, I was fully dependent on my husband for uh, doing anything. And I had always sort of perpetual. I mean, I was I was genuinely scared to do it, for sure. And that being in that situation um, really caused me to hang on to that fear, like mm-hmm. for two decades. Mm-hmm. And when I finally had the courage to step out and to do things on my own, I realized that like, you know, the next natural evolution of this courageousness would be to tackle my fear of driving. And I did that. And today I love to drive. And in fact, even when I'm driving to the grocery store, I have a big old smile on my face. (laughs) You don't have to depend on anybody. I'm not dependent on anyone to do it. I can do it myself. Yes. Having, you know, it's so interesting, you know, when we finally have that autonomy, the freedom. Now, I know you, you had freedom in some other areas and while you were married to sort of do things that you wanted, but being able to be the number one person and the only person to have to refer to to make a big decision, mm-hmm. that's a very powerful feeling. Mm-hmm. Even for something as, you know, I don't want to say trivial, but, you know, when I, I mentioned to you before the video started recording, after I came out and I left and I finally got my own place, I painted all the walls pink. Mm-hmm. And a big tin ceiling, silver tin ceiling, and put a chandelier in every room. That would not have happened. <laughs> and it seems kind of like just a surface thing, a de- decor thing. But when you can actually have the autonomy and to create your own space, whatever that may look like. For me, it looked like living inside a jewelry box. But for, for you, it might be different. Mm-hmm. But to have that ability to be able to make those decisions and to be the only decision maker and have nobody tell you no feels pretty good. It does feel pretty good. And also, too, I wanted to mention something. You know, in the year after, the years after I came out, too, is that I realized that coming out was literally the scariest thing I've ever done. But it was also, also more about getting to. So those two things went hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And what you said this before, but what it, re- what it made me realize is that once I did that, the thing that scared me the most, which really was getting divorced. Once I did what scared me the most, um, I am like, I realized that I, I'm fearless. I, I've learned not to care what other people think. Because I believe as a queer person living in this world, you have to really not care mm-hmm. about 
what other people think. I have learned that I am capable of trying things. Um, Since I have gotten divorced with from my ex-husband, I have flipped a house and I have totally redone two houses. So that's not even part of what I do here. I have like, I have navigated a relationship with my wife and figured all about how to live as a queer woman in the South of the United States, which Mm -hmm. is really an interesting experience. Um, I'll have to say it has changed some of the dynamics of my family, but there's a lot of things that are much better about much more real and much more honest. And so like this, it coming out along with the joy also gave me a sense of fearlessness. It really has. I'm like, well, and if I don't want to do something, I'm very good also too with boundaries too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, I don't think this is a good fit for me. I don't do it. You know, I know it's like, I feel like I, I so agree with you, Barb, because I think in my last blog post, I wrote about like, I felt like my light was being hidden. And since I've come out, like my light is just starting to shine, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not going to hide it anymore for the comfort of other people. That's right. That sense of security within yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The strength that you, you, you walk around the world with that. Mm-hmm. And it's really quite a remarkable thing. You know, we were joking earlier about how, you know, as women in our fifties, like we, we just invisible. Yeah. We're kind of invisible, but we also stop along with that invisibility, I think comes like, there's a sense of relief too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I personally like, you know, 50 now and I, you know, I'm not the 20 year old, uh, young hot body version of me that I used to be. And Mm -hmm. that's great because there's a whole lot of relief of not being sexualized, um, not feeling scrutinized. And, uh, along with that comes a sense of like, I don't have to please anybody. I'm, I'm not here to please you. I'm not here yeah. to please anybody. I'm and here to please myself. Exactly. To some extent, our partners. Well, you know? yeah. I mean, both Barb and I are partnered. She's engaged. I'm married. So some of those things, I mean, obviously big decisions in my financial life with my wife, I have to, like, you know, I can't sell the house without talking to her about that or anything like that. But it's it's like, for me, the joy is in creating the kind of life that I always felt like I was. Yes. Yes. Um, and I am so I like I am. The, it's so I'm the mistress of my domain. Exactly. You know, I can do what I want. I mean, I can. I don't have to go and negotiate with somebody anymore. Like, you know, like flipping the houses, for example. I never would have been able to do what I did on my own with my husband because he would honestly I'll be really honest he had like with big expenses and stuff like that he sort of had the final word and Mm -hmm. if you know and little expenses and stuff like that absolutely not but like if we were going to do something major it really Mm -hmm. was what he wanted and it wasn't Mm -hmm. what I wanted and um so for example I always wanted to live in somewhere warm I was from New England and I wanted to live somewhere warm he would have never moved in a thousand million billion trillion years 
So now I've moved somewhere where it's warm and I'll never forget in the, like when, in my period of, you know, deciding whether to, to, to divorce, get divorced or not, we went on a trip and he's, and and I remember because I had been waiting our whole lives, you know, we had raised kids and we were going to travel and everything like that. And we were like traveling, we went somewhere and he goes, you know, I really don't like to travel very much. And I'm like, I look at him. And this was before I was in the process of coming out. And I'm thinking, then why am I here? I want to travel. I want to go see the world. And since then, I travel all the time. You know, it was that brings me joy. So I sort of want to end this today. You know, when my wife has been out for um, a long time, she came out when she was 20. And she's really navigated this community. When we first met and were first dating, I was really struggling. And if you watch yesterday's show about grief, you know, she was with me during that grieving period. And she kept saying to me, you've got to move towards your joy. So for those of us who are in this group right now or who are watching this and you're not, and you're debating whether to leave your marriage because you're, you're, you're not straight or you're debating whether to come out to your family and friends because you're not straight, you may not be married. My question is to you, what will bring you joy? Mm-hmm. Is where you are right now bringing you joy? Then you need, maybe you should stay there. But if it is not bringing you joy, don't stay in places that do not No. Joy is, in my opinion, your responsibility. Yes. It is a precious precious thing that is yours to own yours to keep it is yours to protect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people will try to steal your joy absolutely guard your joy with the ferocity of <laughs> uh, and and uh you know with the sense of like i cannot lose this is that it's the most one of the most precious things that you will ever have it is yours to protect it is yours to guard it is yours to cultivate and if you don't do those things you will lose it so we're really glad that you have joined us this week um and so i'm going to end this with what i end every one of my emails what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life go towards your joy Yes. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Coming Out and Beyond, LGBTQIA plus stories with Anne-Marie Zanzel. New episodes of the Coming Out and Beyond podcast drop every other Friday. You can tune in at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and at annemariezanzel.com. Be sure to hit subscribe when tuning in so you never miss an episode. And for more resources, articles, videos, and a free downloadable guide for coming out later in life, visit annemariezanzel.com.